Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First of all, I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gems. I'd like to pay respect to the Buddha. I'd like to pay respect to the Dharma. I'd like to pay respect to the Sangha. Now, as I have mentioned before, why do we pay respect to the Triple Gems? It is up to you whether you want to pay respect to the Triple Gems or not. Okay. There is no obligation, there's no rule, there's no order in doing that. The only reason, and I believe for people who see the Dharma, who see the teaching of the Buddha, who receive, who receive the benefits from the teaching and see what is what the Dharma can do to improve their lives, to make their lives better. They are truly thankful to the lesson that the Buddha had left behind for them. So for those who, are, who, who see the truth in the teaching, for those who actually receive the benefits from the teaching, for those who come to realize the truth, of the Dharma. Those are the ones who, without having to tell them, because they wake up to the truth and they have found something that is so precious, that is so priceless, that is so amazing, that nothing can compare to. So with that kind of benefit, with that kind of understanding within them, there's no other way for them to do anything but just being thankful to what the Buddha had, uh, had left behind. So unless you feel, you know, unless you see that you, unless you, you actually see what is it that the Buddha taught, the respect to the triple, to the triple gems is hollow. It doesn't really have a meaning behind it, okay? And that's the reason that there is no there is no order there's no rule that you have to to uh say that you don't have to say that okay it i mean it is the tradition that a lot of people when they start um about you know about uh, dharma talk and things like that they say the 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 they pay respect to the triple gems, okay. Most of the people in the temple, 
um, in the Vihara, they do say that, but most of the people do not really truly understand or have a a true feeling about what paying respect to the triple gems is. So yes, it's up to you, but it is my habit that I see the Dharma, I see what the Buddha taught, and I see who the Buddha is. Okay, and I truly, I truly am thankful for what the Buddha had taught me, had left behind for me to realize. So that's why, that's the reason why I pay respect to the Triple Gems. Anyway, so today what I like to touch on is um, the subject of Samsara. What is Samsara? Right. There are a lot of people saying um, many things about Samsara and and Samsara versus Nibbana uh, with this you know they're saying that you know, there is no Nibbana without Samsara or there's no Samsara without Nibbana and all those kind of uh, intellectual conversation or argument back and forth so what is Samsara? Samsara is the great cycle right it's the great cycle of consciousness or it's the great cycle of life that what it means to me okay other people they have different meaning to it but what it means to me is samsara is the great cycle and it's a never-ending cycle. It's a cycle of consciousness and it's a cycle of life. So in this meaning, consciousness and life is pretty much has the same meaning. So what is it? Why samsara? What is this cycle of the never-ending cycle of consciousness, of rebirth, the never-ending cycle of life? To my understanding, life or consciousness comes to be is because there is desire behind it okay if there is no desire behind anything there would not be consciousness there would not be life as we know it so life or consciousness that we know of at this moment you and me that we are conscious of 
our being. We are conscious of our surrounding and all that is based on desire. Without desire, there would not be consciousness or there would not be life. So because of desire, there is life or consciousness. Okay, so just drawing from that, from that, uh, uh, what we call, from that understanding of mind, okay, it is only natural that life is full of desire. That is natural, that is automatic, okay? And because of that, and as we know it, what can, what does desire do to life? Desire is one of the three poison that corrupted our mind, right? So that right away, we can know that, oh, there is no escape from suffering when there is life. You see, because life is based on desire. If there is no desire, life would not come to be. And the or what? So what is the origin of desire? Right? What? Who or? Who or what created this desire? Alright? Because as according to my theory, my understanding, okay, desire is, is desire is the base of our consciousness of of our of everyone's life. And this desire does not have a creator. This desire is just once it's just happened by itself. Because without desire th- there cannot be um with, with, with desire lives or consciousness lives on the other side of non-desire or Nibbana, right? So, yes, Nibbana and Samsara is two things of of the same, um, what you call, of the same coin. Okay, so these are the what you probably know as yin and yang, right? The 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 black and the white um, opposite force. Okay, it's almost pretty much to that, but it's not exactly that though. So, according to my understanding. 
life is based on desire okay and because of that as we all know desire that we say keep that desire is what keeps the world goes around and that is a true statement because without desire there won't be life and there won't there would not be anything so with desire there is life and of course when there is life as we all know there is no escape from suffering okay when there is life as we all know what is it that needs to be done when there is life there's need to be there's need to be a support for it to to exist there needs to be a support so life requires support okay so desire requires something in order for it to exist in a way okay i mean using the word exist is not exactly the right word but i don't know what other word that i can use so desire is the root of life and when there's life there's need support there's there's a need for maintenance because if you don't maintain uh, life life form then life form would disappear so there's a need to maintain it to support it okay whether it's an insect a virus a microbe a bacteria animals or human beings doesn't matter what kind of life that is that life needs maintenance and that life needs support so with that we can see right away that when there is life there is struggle okay because there has to be some kind of support some kind of maintenance to keep it going okay so now based on that when there is life the buddha said when there is life it's inevitable right you cannot avoid it that you will have suffering more or less it doesn't matter life there, there is suffering as the at the base because life is based as in my theory is based on desire you see so life requires maintenance like look at the animals look at let's say the king of the jungle right the lions the tigers okay 
the lepers, you know, they are the king of the jungle, right? Of the wilderness. What is it that they have to do on a daily basis or every whatever time that they have to, they need to, to support themselves, to maintain their life? They have to hunt, right? They have to hunt in order to survive. Okay? So, we look at animals and we, it seems that they are very savage or they are very cruel and they, they have no mercy. But it's because of life, right? Because of life, they have to maintain life. They have to support life. So they have to hunt. Every living being has to consume something in order to maintain themselves. And that is the base of suffering. Okay? Because we have to do something. Okay? For us, the same thing. I mean, right now we have a lot of comfort in our, in our living standard. We have a lot of things. Unlike before, I mean, thousands and thousands of years ago, we are not that much different from animals. We have to go hunt a pretty much every single day. We have to cultivate the land and all that. But in, in these days and age, uh, our hunt for food has changed to the job. Right? We're going to work every day. Why? Do, does, does anyone love to go to work every day? Um, I would say the majority of the people, if they can avoid not going to work, I don't think they want to. They would go to work. But the reason they go to work is they have to earn a paycheck to support the body, right? To support, to maintain the body, to support, to maintain life. So, in a way, when we go to work, it's the same thing. It's the same principle as we go hunting. It's just that now we, we hunt in a different area, in a different kinds of atmosphere, environment, right? Yeah, we don't go hunting in the forest anymore. We don't go hunting, we don't go fishing uh, and things like that. Otherwise, some people still do go fishing and stuff. But for a lot of us, we go hunting at the office at the store, at the business, and things like that. But still, it's all about supporting uh, life. You see? So, that's why 
is is life suffering what whether you like it or not ask yourself you wake up in the morning every day you go to work or you go to school if you have a choice would you do it okay so i'll let you answer that question for yourself a lot of people work their whole life right work their whole life and they cannot wait until the weekend they cannot wait until for their retirement days so that should tell that should tell a lot whether people like to go to work or not but it's our obligation to support life okay it's our obligation to support life so in order to keep to 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 maintain it to support it so we have to do it okay so and that is that is all fine i mean after all since we are already born we have to do what we have to do okay so as long as we understand that that so back to the samsara um thinking okay so because of this now in supporting life as we go through our lives okay you and i now for animals they support their life by hunting right after they get their feet and get after they get their stomach full they're happy and they just chill right they just chill and that's it now for human being on the other hand when the stomach is full they don't just chill they do something else okay and that something else cause a lot of problem right because human being has this what we call so called special intelligence they can they cannot sit still because the nature of intelligence is that it wants to to it wants to to find out it 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 crave for to to it crave to expand it craves for more okay that's the nature of intelligence intelligence does not stay still you will be bored to death if you don't do anything so the more intelligence we have the more we cannot sit still because as we all know the word the brain is the power right 
and we should not waste this power. We have to put the brain to work for us, right? To make us, to make our being better, to make our lifestyle better, to make our living standard better, or to make things better. So, in other words, this intelligence of us, of us, keeps one to do things, right? So, and that is fine if the intelligence is doing the right thing, okay? But what is it that the intelligence is doing? Just like I mentioned in previous episode also, if our intelligence, if our thinking is just focusing on making things better, on improving things, on making, let's say, research, right? Doing, uh, uh, finding medicine and things like that, that helps making our living standard better, if that is fine. But as we all know it, it's not just that. In the same moment, in the same time that we do that, we also have this emotion that is piggyback on top of it. We have this desire that is piggyback on top of it, which is life itself, right? That is sitting on top of it. And since life is based on desire, and desire creates craving, Okay, and desire create craving, we run into many problems. You see, and craving, of course, you know, let's say you want something. And if we get what we want, then the happy emotion arise. Right? We are happy, we are glad, we are joyful, we are in ecstasy. Okay, with the job, with the money, with the status, okay, fame and fortune, praise, happy with the um, uh, having a relationship, and things like that, right? So, that is when the desire is met. Okay? And what happens when our desire is not met? When our desire is not met, we, we become upset. We become sad. We become frustrated. We become angry. Right, so this this emotion that is sitting that is piggyback on top of this intelligence bring us into a different realm of action. You see, because when we have emotion, 
emotion now become the boss of the intelligence. Okay? When the emotion takes control over the, over the intelligence that we have, then the emotion can make the intelligence to do things that is not wholesome. You see, when we are angry, we're not just angry. Now the mind think more about what it can do to satisfy itself, to satisfy the its the emotion that is in. When the mind does not get what it wants, right? When the mind does not get what it wants, when the mind is sad, then it takes, and then the mind does the thinking and it takes itself into a stream of thinking that can go deeper and deeper into a hole, if not watching it. So the mind can take itself into many different roads, into many different ways, depending on what kind of emotion the mind has at any particular moment. And as we all know it, the mind changed from one moment to the next so rapidly, depending on the condition that the mind meets through the five sense doors, right? So the mind, our emotion, our thinking is based on all the condition. There's, if there's no right condition, the mind don't exist. Yes, we all know that, right? So, with all these emotions going on, and it, the emotion, when the emotion takes control, takes over the mind, takes over the intelligence, then we become what, we, what the Buddha said, ignorant. Okay, we are ignorant of our own action, of our own emotion. Okay, at that time, the mind become a an existing self, or we call the ego I. Okay, unlike animals, animals never know its themselves as who they are. They do not have that that sense of self-I, in a way, big like human being. They don't know that they are tiger or dog or cat or, uh, you know, a blue jay or dolphin. They just know who they are. When they're hungry, they just go eat while hunting. They go hunting, that's it. Right? They don't have this ego like human being 
human being has that big eye that need to be satisfied. Okay? And that big eye that needs to be satisfied is a problem. It's the source of samsara. Okay? That ego eye that keeps looking for more, that keeps wanting for more, that keeps asking for more. And there can be only two results out of it, whether it gets it and it's happy, or it doesn't get it and it's not happy. And the ego eye doesn't just stop at that particular moment when it's happy or it's not happy. It goes further. It goes further. It brings the intelligence to do things for its for itself. Okay? The ego eye will produce either negative emotion, negative feeling within, and also produce some kind of negative thinking or negative action that can harm others as well. You see? So the ego I, the emotion that the so-called I created cause harm to sometimes just itself, cause harm to the body, produce great stress, create anxiety, depression, and all that. And because of that, it makes the body sick. And it keeps itself thinking in that route, in that road of negative thinking. And it keeps compiling up on itself without knowing that it is destroying, it is a destructive force upon itself by doing it. For example, let's say if you are mad at somebody. You're not just mad. Now you have this thinking in the head about, oh, you know, I wish this, this, or that, or, or he's, you know, he or she is, is, is very unfair. Is, you know, is, he or she is very bad. Okay, doesn't understand and he's mean or she's mean, an evil, you, you know how, how it goes, right? It goes on and on and on. Every time when you remember, when your mind remember that person or that event or whatever, then that 
that stream of negative emotion or thinking um, pops up, arises, and it takes you down that memory stream of negative or positive feeling depending on the emotion that it has. And this is called karma. Okay? When you create this, okay, when you when 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 you create this kind of mental activities within you when there is this stream of thinking inside your head over and over and over and over again it's the same thing as you drawing a line okay on your memory store now if you draw a line on a piece of rock okay you draw one line with whatever you want to use you can use another piece of rock or what not you draw one line that line is not going hardly hardly appear on the rock right you you won't even see it but now if you keep drawing on that rock over and over and over and over again and again after a while the line will start to appear on that rock okay so it depends on how deep the line or how often you think about whatever action whatever emotion that you have whatever feeling that you have okay all of those are stored in your memories all of those feelings are stored in your memories okay those are there is karmic result the karmic result are stored in your memory okay and the 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 deeper or the deeper the line meaning the more you are, you you think about something or you focus about something whether negative or positive uh, line it will um, have whether more or less impression on your memory okay and this memory here is deep inside of you and this memory here is the result from 
your action, from your thinking mind. Okay? So, if you are just, let's say, angry and mad, or and you're sad or upset, and you keep thinking about it until you really become, you know, uh, be, get so stressed and become depressed and all that. Now you're, you're hurting yourself, okay? You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your body, make your body sick. You're hurting yourself and you're storing negative karmic memory within you. It's not going anywhere. It's stored in there. Okay? And this will place in your future life. Okay? It's not going anywhere. Memories are is always there. Okay? So, now, if your if your anger, or I'm not saying just, I'm not saying you in particular, if anger translate into some kind of action, okay? If anger, because when anger takes over intelligence, it thinks about all kinds of stuff to do, let's say, in order to win. Right? So, let's say if your anger takes you to, takes over you, and you start yelling, and you start screaming, and you start cussing, right? You start using hurtful words to the best of your knowledge in order to win. Okay? When you do that, you create also this that is that is karma that you are creating and it will create of course result right you are planting some kind of seed and when you let's say when you say something very hurtful to somebody or somebody say something very hurtful to you because of anger. The seed is planted in, inside both of the both parties. In other words, if someone says something hurtful to you, okay, and you become infected, then there are two things happen. The person who say it, they have that inside them. That's the memory. And the receiver who are being infected by those words, they have it embedded in them also. So that goes both ways. Except you are an enlightened one, like the Buddha, people can say all kinds of hurtful things. It doesn't affect him because he's enlightened. He does not let other um, negative you know, karma or, or energy affect him. But for most of us, 
ordinary people, we we get infected. Okay, so this karmic energy or memory is embedded inside all of us. Whatever we do, whatever we say every day, it's a karmic energy that is stored inside the memory banks. So picture this. Everything that you do, good or bad, whatever, is stored inside a memory bank. Okay? So let's picture that memory bank as is a farm where you have cows okay you have a lot of cows so each karmic result is represent is represented by one cow okay so let's say you have some kind of you know emotion strong emotion or you do something or whatever that is yeah, that you really remember the rest of your life or whatever or something that you have you always have that you cannot let go so those are the when you have that when you create that that is one cow that you create okay in the farm so now you're creating all of these cows okay and so as you go through your life you create both good cow, I mean good karma and bad karma. Okay, there are times that you are being good, you are you are being generous. You you do donation, you help others, um, you know, uh, things like that. So that good action, you you create good karma, right? And there are times that you have a fight, you're angry, you do something bad, you, you know, cheat or whatever, that's bad karma, right? So, throughout your life, you create both good and bad. So, just imagine, every time you create something, you produce something good, a good karma, you produce, you put one good cow or we're gonna say a white cow into the farm into your barn okay and when you have negative karma when you have negative thought or feeling you put one black cow into the barn so the barn is your memory bank so as you go through your lives and you have multiple lives let's say okay so this memory bank, you, you put all these black and white cows into the barns, into the farm. Just so all these black and white cows are stored in the farm. It's, they are all, it's all fenced in, okay? Because that's yours. That is your memory bank, so it's your fence. It's all fenced in the black cows and the white cows all together mixed in there in one big fence farm. Okay? So, what as you do keep doing this now, 
Here's what happened. Okay, at the end of your current physical life. Okay, at the end of your current physical life, when uh, before you take your last breath. Okay, that which means before you close your your life chapter with this. With the current consciousness, when you close this one, when you take your last breath, okay, you close the door of that fence with all those memories, with all those black and white cows in them. When one door is closed, another door is open. Okay, of the farm. Another door of the fence, of that fence farm, is open, and only one cow is let out. Okay, and that one cow will be will dictate your next life. If that fence open and there's a black cow standing next to that, open that that gap. That black cow come out, then that black cow, whatever that karma is, will dictate your next life. On the other hand, if the the door open at that particular moment and it happens to be a white cow that is standing next to that opening, that white cow will dictate your next life. That white cow, or that that good karma, result the product of the karma, the good karma, will dictate your next life. You see. So. You are accumulating a lot of cows every day, and your your chance is the only thing is that if you do a lot of good karma, let's say. You tend to have more white cows than black cows in your farm, right? If you do a lot more, uh, not good stuff, and if you have a lot of unwholesome activity in your life, you're creating a lot of black cows in your farm. And most likely, when the door. Close on this life, and then one the next one open. Most likely, the majority probably win, but not a guarantee, because sometimes even though you do a lot of unwholesome thing, but you still have some you know white, some some good deed in your life sometime, and the gate open, and happen with, with either. There's a, whether you 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 do a lot of unwholesome thing, but you could still have. Right, you could still have. A a a white, cow, that step out during the opening of your next of your next opening, to the next life. But the chance is very small because you have a lot of. Black cows, I think you know what I mean, so. With all of that, 
white cows, black cows, doesn't matter, they are cows, right? As long as there are cows, there will be opening, okay? And there will be next life, okay? Based on that cow, black or white, and then you take rebirth again. And with that rebirth, you go through life again, all over again, and producing good and bad karma, and storing more black and white cows into your barn, into your farm, all over again, on top of your pre-existing karma from previous life. So you add up more and more and more and more. You see, that's what samsara is. Whether you do good, whether you do wholesome or hands-wholesome, you're still in samsara. Okay, that's what samsara is. It keeps you in the loop. White cow, black cow, white cow, black cow, from one life to the next. It does not end. And just because, let's say, there's a white cow come out and the white cow dictates your life, that this because, let's say, you're in a good life, this life. Right now, you, are, you have abundantly, you have wealthy, you have all kinds of great stuff. Because right now, you're enjoying the product of that white cow when you take birth. It doesn't mean that you have done nothing wrong in this particular, in this lifetime. You, you, as you are a human being, you must have done something unwholesome also. Okay? And so you contribute more and more into your bond. And after this life, who knows what's going to happen next? Black cow or white cow that will come out from the barn, we don't know. And that's what samsara is, okay? This karmic energy is just keep flowing over and over and over again without ends. Now, how are we going to get out of that? You see, our emotion is the, the problem that is creating all of this karma that keep producing fruit, that we keep putting more cows into the barn. That's why the Buddha said, we need to stop putting these more cows into the barns. When we let go of this emotion, this self-I, we let go of this craving, this desire, this anger, this poison, right? Greed, okay, anger, ignorance. These are the ingredients that keep everything going. If we can, if we let go all those, we stop creating more cows, and the barn will be empty. When the barn is empty, after this life, and the next one. When the, when the gate open again, there's no cow coming out. 
you see that's why the Buddha, the Buddha said when he was you know alive he said that would be his last life that's what it means there's no more cow there's no more karma okay there's no more karma good or bad there's no more no more black cow no more white cow there's no more karma the Buddha lived after enlightenment for 45 years producing no karma okay producing no karma he still performs stuff but there is no attachment there's no desire to do good either he only had compassion but he had no desire see he had no desire or oh, i need to do good no because desire is desire and desire keeps us in samsara so i'm coming down to the 60 minutes mark as my line of that i draw i don't like to go over 60 minutes it's too long so this is samsara in the teaching of the buddha the only way that we can get out of the samsara is to stop okay stop this attachment desire the craving okay watch these three poison and observe our mind okay understand what the mind is doing and yes it's not easy the buddha before he reached enlightenment it took him thousands and thousands of lives to get where he was it's not a simple task but he gave us the shorter version that we don't have to go through thousands and thousands of lives because he showed us the way we don't have to go blindly finding out ourselves he showed us the way all we have to do is learn it and understand it and then we can be liberated but only if we know how to do it all right so until next time if you have any question or any comment please leave me a voice message namaste